The economy is getting back underway, and with it, so is the world of pro sports. You guys can stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks covering the developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you're not already an Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, you can receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. That's two world-class news organizations, The Athletic and Bloomberg. So right now, you can go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe, sign up today for Bloomberg.com, and then if you're not already an Athletic subscriber, you get a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. That's Bloomberg.com slash subscribe. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad, even your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders, we drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, band of 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a Brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up today. You heard? <laughs> hey, Jay, I, I see you, man. She. Ready? Yeah, buddy. Doing this in the middle of Harvard Business School. People are going to look at me like I'm an asshole, but. You are an asshole. That's the point. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, joined by the kid, the god, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, Jay King himself. And we are here on an off day with somber news after it came out today that Gordon Hayward has a grade three ankle sprain and will be out for at least four weeks which will significantly impact the Celtics' playoff chances moving forward. Jay, what was your first reaction to this news? It was worse than I expected. Obviously, that's just about as bad as a sprained ankle gets. Four weeks would put Hayward out of the lineup until about a week into the Eastern Conference Finals, probably. And don't forget, he also has a a wife with expecting a child and he might have to leave the Eastern conference finals at some point. So that could, it could end his season. It's bad news for the Celtics. Obviously they don't have the deepest team. Obviously now they're going to have to rely more on Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown and Marcus smart, but they're going to spread those minutes around to Shemi Ojale and Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, guys that are just a huge, huge downgrade from Gordon Hayward and I think it hit the Celtics at a really tough time because their offense has been so good in the bubble and they were finally healthy. And now it's just you wonder if if they can make up enough of what Hayward gave them 
and and get away with with some of the depth pieces they'll have to play now. Maybe not against Philadelphia, it it won't hurt them. But when they get to Toronto or if they get to Milwaukee, then then it's a really really big deal. It's going to hurt them no matter what. I mean, Gordon Hayward played a solid 35 minutes of uh, just. He wasn't a star, but you know he played very solid defense in Game One, and he just is known for making the I right just wanna, lead. I just want to stop right you for decision. a second. I, I, we gotta apologize to the people for the quality of audio audio quality. Packard is recording from where are you? Harvard Business School. I uh, am studying the LSAT right now. I decided to get outside, you know, try to enjoy the, some outdoor time and studying the LSAT, so I don't have my uh, audio equipment i don't carry my mic with me so yes uh, you gotta start carrying your mic with with you i mean i didn't know this was going to happen i actually we uh, should have presumed that this announcement was going to happen today um but you're right that that's on me i'll hand up that's on me fuck Um, it you could take the mic home with you (laughs) looking looking like a cyclone hit you take down screaming lotto i don't fit you Okay, so now I'm going to have to apologize for Jay doing an uh, eight-mile freestyle right there. Um, while for we're, no trying to have a, we're trying to have a somber moment for Gordon Hayward, which is just really sucks because he was having playing probably his best basketball. How much of the time do we talk about in the bubble? Um, it looked like Hayward, like Utah version of Hayward was back. He had more bounce. Um, even though it's not the same ankle, it's just really uh, kind of sad news for him just because it felt like he was finally getting back to where he was. But I think the impact is going to be pretty huge on this team because we've talked about the struggles of the bench uh, all year. And presumably the only guy on the bench who could reliably score, Marcus Smart, is now going to slide into uh, Gordon Hayward's role and get. um, But it's not like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart was already playing like 35 minutes a game. It's not like you can increase his minutes that much. So we're going to see a lot of I would presume Shemi Ojale gets the first chance to kind of fill that uh, void, but maybe it's uh, Romeo Langford who also is uh, kind of hurt right now to step in, but it's going to be, can someone on the Celtics bench step up and give them any sort of points? Because, uh, you know, in the, in the game one against Philly, only eight of their 109 points came from the bench. And that's when Marcus Smart only had two points. And so it's going to really impact their scoring. I just don't know where they're going to get the offense from um, when they don't have lineups with like, three of their best guys on the court yeah I, I think the starting lineup will be fine like you can shift some of Hayward's usage to Tatum you can shift some of it to Kemba you can s- shift some of it to Jalen like I don't think that's where the impact will be felt the impact will be felt more in bench units and and when when Shemi Ojale is playing can he hit shots how much of a, a downgrade is it from Gordon Hayward especially against Philadelphia we saw in game one, Al Horford, it's really tough for him to match up when the Celtics have all their guys on the court. But now without Gordon Hayward, the the Sixers can try to hide him whenever the Celtics play Ojale, whenever they play Langford, whenever they play whoever else. And it just gives them a hiding spot. It gives them more of a chance to, to guard the Celtics. Uh, so I, I think this is a major, major, major deal. Um, obviously, the Celtics, like they've played really well all season when they've had one guy out there what 14 and six without Hayward this season. So they're capable of playing good basketball without him, but in a playoff setting, especially when, when you're going from Gordon Hayward, who's a playmaker. And especially when he plays with bench units can really run the show for those. when you go to, 
to a guy, Shemi, who's knocking down a good percentage of his threes right now and shooting a, a fair amount of them when he's on the court, but still isn't like a knockdown guy and doesn't give you much else. Or Lankford, who wasn't a good shooter to begin with and now has torn ligaments in his wrist. It's it's just tough. And I'm not sure if Philadelphia can like beat the Celtics anyway, but Toronto, their defense is so good and their defense just punishes, punishes weak links because they can rotate so quickly off of them. And and I that's that's where this is gonna really, really hurt the Celtics. Is it any like saving grace that it is the playoffs and you're going to have to play a lot less um, members of the bench? I mean, I think this I'm trying to trying to there's obviously no positives that come from an injury. But I think like the Celtics, when you describe them, they had so much wing depth that like maybe losing Hayward at this position is less harmful than losing someone like Kemba Walker um, just because they can play a lineup with Kemba smart uh Tatum and Brown for I don't know you're they're obviously all not all going to play at the same time but like you're not losing that much depth from the forward position whereas um if they lost someone like Kemba you were going to see a lot more Brad Wanamaker I still think you're probably going to see a lot more Brad Wanamaker um now but just because they have so much wing depth does this hurt maybe a little bit less than uh you know a Kemba Walker injury might have yeah but but also like wing depth is what makes them you know like that's that's what they need to be the the reason that they've been so good and so successful is because they have all these guys who are tough to match up against and when you take one of the best away then they're just easier to match up against they're they're not as potent and like like i said like the the sixers matchup hayward horford was going to have a bitch of a time guarding Jalen Brown. It was going to be tough. And if he had guarded Gordon Hayward, the Celtics could have just pick and rolled him to death. But now, like, he guards Marcus Smart. I know Marcus Smart is a capable pick and roll passer and player. And I know that the Celtics may go to that if Horford does guard Marcus Smart. But it's just like a step down in difficulty from, from the matchup it was before. And so... I, the Celtics, like, they're going to be, I think, more like Tatum and Kemba-centric now, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Um, but they don't definitely don't have the balance that they did before, and they're going to have to get away with minutes to guys that are, like, borderline r- rotation guys and in the best of times, like, wouldn't, wouldn't be in a postseason rotation. Who do you think there's more pressure on right now? Marcus Smart to kind of step up his offensive production or bench player to be named later, whether that's Shemi, uh, Grant Williams or Romeo Langford. Like, is it more important for one of those bench guys to be, you know, what consistently knock down threes or does Marcus Smart now need to score like 15 points a game? I think, I think it's, well, first of all, it's, it's important for that guy to knock down threes and, if it's Romeo Langford, like he's probably not going to knock down threes, <laughs> right? Like he's he has he's not shooting. done it this year, so <laughs> and and now he has torn ligaments in his wrist. Like that is that is not an easy thing, I assume, to play with. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean those guys will have to do it what they do. I I don't know if it's pressure so much as it's just a lot easier for opponents to load up when you're guarding a Shemi Ojale when you're guarding a Romeo Langford. 
on the Celtics key guys. And and that's that's going to be where it hurts the Celtics. Uh, I'm interested to see who does get the minutes. I think Shemi is like the leader in the clubhouse, I would guess, to take at least some of those minutes because he's become a pretty good shooter. He's become a pretty willing shooter. And he's big and strong and can move his feet. Um, and he, can, he can guard some of the same guys that Hayward can. Like they can do some of the same switching things on defense with Shemi in the lineup. Like he's definitely not near the playmaker, but I think he fits more into the Hayward mold than anyone else on the roster does. Yeah, and I, I wonder because Shemi, like he's really good at being in the right place defensively. He's not as good instinctually as Hayward. Like passing lanes, not his thing. Um, ball pressure, not always his thing. So, and I think that's a big part of the game plan in this Philadelphia series is get up into a guy, make things tough on him so that they can't have an easy pass to Joel Embiid so that they, they can't, you know, run their set that they want to post up one of those guys. And so I I think that will be, uh, part of the decision-making for the Celtics coaching staff. I think, I, I don't know if Romeo Langford is ready for the playoffs. I don't know what his risk situation is right now. I don't know how much they'll trust him, but I do think like from a standpoint of getting up into guys airspace and making things a little difficult on them, he's maybe a little tougher for a guard to go against than Shimmy Ojale, even though Ojale might be a better defender overall, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I, I just, I'm interested to see who gets the nod there. Maybe it's just give Wanamaker more minutes, and that and that that'll probably be a big part of it. I'm sure fans will love that. All the fans who uh, <laughs> everyone who loves Brad Wanamaker. Yeah, Brad Wanamaker gets way too much shit for just being a, a solid dude who just kind of kind of does his role every night and plays off the main guys and is tough and does a lot of things. Um, I mean, but, I think it's it's clearly going to be like by committee. They're going to have to try and patch like they're. Wanamaker's going to get more minutes. Shemi's going to get a try. I'm sure Romeo's going to get a try at some point. And I would expect... Um, power I mean, forward uh, Grant? Maybe power forward Grant. Oh, that's... Uh, I don't know. I feel like Grant's only effective at this point as a small ball five. I just think you might going to see more minutes from the starters. Uh, Tatum was the only one above 40 in game one. Um, uh, Jalen Brown probably would have gotten more minutes if he didn't take a, a knee to the thigh from Embiid. Maybe you see more minutes closer to 40 for Smart, Kemba, um, Tatum, and Brown, like just relying on those guys more. But but uh, that's tough too, because Kemba obviously he's had the the minutes restriction leading up into the playoffs. He feels better than he has in the, all of the bubble. A- agreed. But h- how much can you give him that he'll still be okay? You know, like that that's a question that they're going to have to figure out. They'd know the answer to that much better than I do. But I, I think now you're they're going to want to push the limits for Kemba Walker. What is that limit? He only played, I think, 35 minutes in game one, which they probably could have played him more if I'm assuming they could have played him more if they really, really needed him more. Um, but he's still was in the ramp up mode heading into the playoffs. So I'm interested to see how many minutes he so can they're going to keep ramping them up. Three more and minutes. then, and then Marcus Smart has always been like a kamikaze player who it's it's tough to load him up with minutes because he plays hard, hard minutes. He's guarding sometimes Al Horford. He's guarding anyone, 
and he's putting his body on the line. He's never been, if you look at his minutes, I think this year was the most he's ever averaged at like 33-ish. Um, I don't think he's ever played upwards of that, even in a, pl- a playoff run, although some part of that is because it seems like he's always just like coming back from injury during I mean, playoff if runs. Anyone you're going to rely on for like extra grittiness and more effort. I feel like Marcus smarts, the guy you go, Hey Marcus, we maybe need a little bit more from you tonight. And you know, you don't really worry about it. Yeah, now, the, the, the most he's ever averaged in a playoffs is 32 minutes. Okay. I, I understand that. I think he's plenty capable. The question is, does that result in more just wild Marcus smart heat checks and kind of, uh, so he t- had made some ambitious pass attempts in game one. Uh, do you love Marcus Martin? Do you trust him enough to play him closer to 35 or 36 minutes a game? Um, I think it's going to be. He, I think he can get up to there for sure. But it's like, can you add more? Can you play him like 38, 40 minutes like you'd play a Jason Tatum? It's, and they could it's want to. Be, they could want to. I think they're going to like their top four guys are going to need to play at least 35 minutes um, as long as Hayward is out, if they're going to continue, just because, like, you can't have long stretches of Shemi Ojale at this point unless he proves that you can. And so he's going to get the chance. But I think when in doubt the game gets close, you're going to have to just go back to the guys who got you there. I just this the bench has proven this year that they cannot be relied on for for long stretches. And like we saw in game one. Uh, at the end of the third quarter when Tatum went to the bench, like even when a lineup that had Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in it, the the lineup still kind of struggled to score points. And so they really can't have too long of stretches where there's just that many bench guys in. So I think they're going to definitely be relying on those starters more. And I think Marcus Smart can't have another uh, performance where he only has two points because they're just going to need him to score at least, like I think, 15 points a game because unless... Kemba um, and the Jays, Jason and Jalen, are like getting you to 90. I just don't know where all the rest of the points are going to come from. Yeah, and and I, I I think the Celtics will still be able to score. Like they had a top five offense this year, even though for most of the season they had at least one of their guys out. Gordon Hayward, he's a really really good fourth option, but he is a fourth option. He is fourth in usage rate on their team. He's not the key cog for them uh but it's like in the bubble their offense was elite and when they were healthy they their offense had a chance to be elite when they could limit the the minutes for the bench guys when they could have enough playmaking on the court at all times when they could have enough shooting on the court at all times and if you lose just one of those guys they become not a average offense it's still a good dynamic offense but just not at that elite level which i think they were playing at and so it's not like they're totally incapable now it's just can you score enough against the grimy sixers can you can you then go into toronto or into the in the (laughs) bubble still against toronto and and score against a defense that's been really 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 damn tough to score on this season and that's that's when the the, the real try. I keep saying that, but I still think they're they're the favorites against Philly, especially considering that they have a, a one nothing lead. But moving forward, it's just how much does this knock down their offense um, and their defense? But 
I think the offense will be hurt more. Yeah, and I, th- I agree with you that I still think the Sixers offense is not great. Um, we just saw game one where it just didn't look like they were getting great shots. And I think the loss of Hayward doesn't affect that that much. I still think they are, uh, can beat the 76ers. But you're right, playing against Toronto or um, even if they get to the Bucks, um will be much different just because their defense is and they're just much better com- more and more complete teams. But. I want to round this out with a um, wild conspiracy theory because that's how I roll. The Celtics normally announce Uh the worst case scenario when it comes to injuries. I can't remember the specific injury it was this season, but there was some guy who came back like three weeks before or ahead of schedule. And the Celtics are usually very cautious when doing this. Is there any chance that that is what's happening here and Gordon Hayward could come back before four weeks? I mean, grade three sprains, if you look at the history of them, guys tend to miss a lot of time. How do we even know it's grade three, bro? What if they just lied about that? What if it's well, like that, grade two and a be, half? That would be pretty shifty of them. Um, I, I don't think they're above such shiftiness. But yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect Hayward back closer anytime sooner than four weeks. It was they they do normally err on the side of caution. Um and guys, which is the crazy thing because people are telling me on Twitter that like grade three strains normally are six to eight weeks. I'm this is clearly based on one tweet I got, so I don't know if that's actually true. Um, but it's just Dr. Out, of, out of character for the Celtics to be like, uh, to like say, give hope. Or normally they're just like, this is going to take forever, don't expect him back, we're going to have to move on. And then the guy comes back a little bit earlier than normal. I'm curious about what he's going to do. Because obviously his wife is at home expecting. She's due to have a baby next month. Now he's out for a month. So does he go home? Does he rehab from home? How much would that impact how much he can do, how much he can get better? And if he if he doesn't go home, how much will Robin hate him? <laughs> how much will he hate having to go back home and not being able to game as much? Will he be able to game more? Do you induce labor so it aligns with his injury recovery so he doesn't have to miss more games? I mean, this creates so many more questions than it does answers, Jay. No, but but seriously, I, I do wonder if if he will end up going home um, because like his wife, if, if I were hurt and I wasn't going to play in a month and my wife was due with a child in a month, I'd probably want to be around the house helping out. But how much can he help out if he's got a has to be like rested and on his like ankle the whole time? I don't know. It's clearly a personal decision for Gordon Hayward. It it depends on like whether or not he thinks that he can recover better in the presence of like Celtics team staff in the bubble, or if that can be better. This could be the most gaming else. time he's ever had. Oh, he's gonna game forever. If especially if he's in the bubble and has nothing else to do, uh, his gaming is gonna go through the roof. Wasn't Maybe there he, a? Wasn't there a story about how he used gaming or how someone's used gaming to like work on different stuff basketball wise? Uh, he wrote a blog post recently about how his favorite video game is much like basketball. and He gets the same thrill from hitting a big shot as he does as getting a big kill in whatever game he plays. So, so do uh, we think that Gordon Hayward will come back better than ever because of all the video games that he's no, because I'm guessing he came played a lot of video games after his uh, first ankle injury, and he definitely did not come back better uh, due to the video games for that. He was picking up marbles with his feet 
uh, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know what. Maybe Gordon Hayward's ankle rehabbing experience will have him be. He's he knows all the good exercises. He's going to get that ankle back ready and faster than anyone else because of his ankle rehab experience. Maybe this will be a miracle here healing. I don't know. Yeah, I I I feel awful for him honestly. Like how yeah how it just really really sucks. And the two injuries, it's just like like just tough times to get an injury. You know, the first game with a new team when he is so excited to play alongside Kyrie Irving and Al Horford at the time, and then now they they're winning game one of the playoff series. They have high hopes, and it happens again. It just it's tough, man. It 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 sucks for him. I I feel really really bad for him, and obviously it's I I don't want to say it's just a sprained ankle. Um, like it's not it's not the worst injury you could have, but just the timing of it, and and missing so much time after he's spent so much time to rehab and get back to to what he is now and and how he's been playing inside the bubble. It's it's just just really really unfortunate. It's and it was not- a fluke. It was a fluke fluke injury too. You know where he just landed in the wrong spot. Yeah, and that's the, the the crazy thing. It's like we thought all these injuries would happen because guys were kind of like coming back after not playing basketball. Like you'd have non-contact injuries. No, this was just like a classic fluke basketball injury that just you land on another guy. Um, and it's just not good news for Gordon Hayward. And it's not good news for the Celtics who uh, really felt like they were playing their best basketball head into this moment. And uh, we shall see. We will be back Um for game two with live post game analysis after the game tomorrow. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, if you like it, please subscribe, uh, rate it five stars, tell a friend about it, do all those things. And thank you for listening to this episode of. Everything is possible.